All right. Praise God. I'm on. Hallelujah. I enjoy the singing. I enjoy the, the words of the songs. It just the worship. That's how we enter God's house. That's how we enter his presence. We should, you know, make it a habit to enter with praise. Uh, I mean, he teaches us with the Lord's Prayer. He starts out, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. That's the way we need to start it out and enter his presence because we're entering him with honor. We're going into his presence, giving him glory and honor. I thank God for all that he's done for me. And I, I'm just sitting back there and just listening to the words and thinking about how God, how good he's been to me. And he's never, like the brother said, he's never let me down. But I have been up and down. Amen. I have been low. I have been to the point that I, I, I just, you know, just felt like if something don't happen, I don't know. I, I used to travel uh, about an hour and 45 minutes to church uh, to Bond, Kentucky. We lived in Harlan County. We traveled all the way over to Jackson County for service all week. And just about the time, and working at that time, and just about the time I felt like I didn't have enough strength that I could make another trip, God would be meet me there. And he would lift me up and I'd leave there just energized and I could go right on. We did that for over a year, over a year uh, before the Lord called me to evangelize at that time. And, uh, but I thank God for being God. Hallelujah. But I, I, I'm saying all of this because... Well, I'm going to preach to you here in just a minute, but wouldn't it be a shame to serve God for five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, and then miss it? Well, you know, we're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised at the people that make it. And then you're going to be surprised at the people that don't. Hallelujah. Now, preacher, broad is the way that leadeth unto destruction. Hallelujah. There's going to be a lot that we feel like should be there and ain't. Hallelujah. Oh, God help us. God help us. Amen. I want to, I want, I, I, I'll try not to take long, but I want to preach my heart to you tonight. And um, if you will, you can be turning over to Deuteronomy chapter 28. While you're turning there, I want to say that this chapter, Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter of Deuteronomy, is a prophetic chapter. This is God telling his people. After he's done, he gave them the laws, the commandments, everything that they need to do. He's telling them what he's going to do as long as they'll keep his commandments. I mean, he just tells them just how it is and, and how he's going to bless them and, and, and how that they're going to prosper and do good. And, and, he, and he tells them all of this. And then at verse number 15, it changes. And he begins to tell them what is going to happen if they don't. Hallelujah. With that in mind, let's look at 
verse number 13 first. Now remember, this is if they keep the commandments and do what he said to do. He said, and the Lord shall make thee the head and not the tail. Thou shalt be above only and thou shalt not be beneath. If thou hearken unto the commandments of the Lord thy God, which I command thee this day to observe and to do them. Look over verse number 27 now. This is, this is the beginning of what he's going to do if they don't. The Lord will smite thee with the botch in Egypt with the emeralds and with the scab and with the itch whereof thou canst not be healed. The Lord shall smite thee with madness and blindness and astonishment of heart. Thou shalt grope at the wall at noon at noonday as the blind grope within darkness. Thou shalt not prosper in the ways. Thou shalt be only oppressed and spoiled evermore, and no man shall save thee. Verse number 43. The stranger that is within thee shall get up above thee very high. And thou shalt come down very low. He shall lend to thee. Thou shalt not lend to him. He shall be the head. And thou shalt be the tail. Hallelujah. Turn with me, if you will, to Jeremiah. I want, well, before you go, before you leave that spot, verse number 43, I want you to notice the stranger that is within thee. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 14. Now, Jeremiah, the prophet, a man of God, and several others in the Old Testament, we read about the major prophets and, and the type men they were. You find that they were godly men, but they never put themselves higher than God's people. If God's people was messing up, even though they were close enough to God that God could deal with them and work with them and, and tell them what they need to tell them, they always put themselves on the same level. Hallelujah. Notice how God works. You know, the minister, you know, everybody look. Well, he, he's, he's a servant. Not your servant. He's God's servant. He's God's servant for you. Hallelujah. But he is a servant. He is here to serve God's word to you. But in times that they were messing up, when they went to God, they would say, God, forgive us. God, forgive us of our sins and, and what we have done. He would, in other words, he, he became... The place of, uh, uh, of like Christ before the throne. He stood, he stood between and he appealed for God's people. And I say that. Let's look at verse number 7 of chapter 14. O Lord, though our iniquities testify against us, do thou it for thy name's sake. For our backslidings are many. We have sinned against thee. Oh, the hope of Israel, the Savior thereof, in the time of trouble. Why shouldest thou be as a stranger in the land? And as a wayfaring man that turneth aside to tarry for a night. Why shouldest thou be a man astonished as a mighty man that 
cannot save. Yet thou, O Lord, art in the midst of us. And we are called by thy name. Leave us not. I want you to see his plea and what he was saying to God. This was his prayer. And he's saying, God, I know what you said would happen if we didn't keep the commandments. I know what you said, God, you were going to do and how that it was going to come to pass. Why should you be a stranger in your own people, among your own people? In your own house, if you will. Why should you be a stranger? Oh Lord, we repent. We, we admit of what we've done. We ask you God. We ask you God. Leave us not. Oh, hallelujah. God help me. Tonight, I'm going to tell you a little story and then I'm going to tell you what I'm going to preach on in a few minutes. Brother Ed in our church, elderly gentleman. He's a good man. He's the pastor's dad. He's a good man. He's a heavy set guy. Older, barely can get around, uses a walker. And he was at home one night. He, he, he insists on living alone. He's, he's independent. He, 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 he tries to do it all himself. But he was at home one night and he'd went to bed as usual. And uh, he heard somebody was awake. He's awakened in the middle of the night by somebody was in his house. There was a stranger in his house. And he was awakened by this and he began to holler, who's in there? Who's in my house? What are you doing in here? This man who had come in on, on Brother Ed had, had knew that he was in the shape he was in because of what he'd done. Brother Ed laid his, his overalls down close to the door. He lives in a mobile home but the bedrooms were small. And he, 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 his, his bed was close to the door and he put his overalls there. That's what he wore all the time. He wears all overalls. And he had his overalls there so he could get a hold of them real easy. But this guy, whoever it was in his house or whoever it was, had took a kitchen table chair and brought it and put it in the doorway and set it on top of his overalls to make it difficult for him to get up. Brother Ed uh, just screaming, who's in my house? And he just kept on moving around in there. Hallelujah. Finally, Brother Ed made it up and he managed to get the chair out of the way and get in the doorway. He said, who are you? What are you doing in my house? This man was probably in his 40s. Brother Ed's easily, what, in his 70s? Bad shape. This man was healthy, big, probably 40. And he looked at brother, brother Ed coming out that door. And he looked back at the front door and he ran out the door and he ran down the street. So easily, brother Ed could have been a statistic. 
Hallelujah. Here I want to insert the title of what I want to preach to you. Listen to me. I prayed about this message for you all. There's a stranger in the house. And somebody's leaving. Now don't let your mind go crazy here. I'm I'm going to preach to you. It's probably not going to come out the way you think it's going to come out. But I'm going to preach on to you. There's a stranger in the house. And somebody's leaving. Hallelujah. Oh, so easy, Brother Ed, could have become a statistic. Here he is. A man, an elderly gentleman. and, and, And as he was telling this story, it caught my attention. And I know what it was now because God was dealing with me on a message. So I went to Brother Ed and I talked to him. I said, can I talk to you about your testimony? He was thanking God for having his hands on him. So I asked him, could I talk to him about this, this incident that he had, had, he had uh, 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 went through? This, this trauma. It could have been very bad. And I asked him, I said, Brother Ed. I said, uh, how did this man... This stranger get in your house. I said, did he break the door? How'd he get in? He said, no, he didn't break the door. I said, well, how'd he get in? He said, I left my door unlocked. I said, Brother Ed, you leave your door unlocked? He said, not no more. And I asked him, I said, well, where was your gun at? Didn't you, don't you have a gun? He said, yeah, I got a gun. I said, well, where was it? He said, it's in the glove box of my car. Hallelujah. Little unprepared, wasn't he? Left the door unlocked for him. Come on in. Make yourself at home. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you. And I've, I've been pastor. I, I, I told the Lord when he called me, I said, when you give me something to say, I'm going to say it. And if the pastor don't like it and he wants to set me down, how he can set me down? I'll sit down. And he's still the pastor and I'll honor him. Amen. But I'm talking to somebody here tonight. Maybe somebody's, but I know that I'm talking to somebody. Hallelujah. Oh my God, my God! The danger, hey man, the 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 the, the uh, uh, mistakes that we make, hey man, and we never ask forgiveness. Hallelujah! The things that we do, and we never ask God, hey man, to 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 help us, hey man, to to fix that problem. We let it go, hey man, and we let it go, hey man. It becomes routine, hey man. Whether it's the lack of prayer. Better the lack of reading God's word, or attending the house of God, or being what we're supposed to be as a Christian. Whatever it is, Amen. It started out there was conviction, and there was a problem, and there was a little bit, Amen, of God coming in there and saying, "Now you know that you don't need to do this." But now, over a period of time, it has become the norm. Hallelujah. 
I want to make a point about this message here before I go any further. I'm not preaching to somebody that don't know it. But, Pastor, I'm preaching to somebody that knows. It ain't like you ain't heard it before. You may not have been preached to about it. But God has been dealing with you for a long time. Hallelujah. You got satisfied with where you are. I talked to you the other night about this. Being satisfied. Hallelujah. You know where you, know where you are right now? Well, preacher, it might not include everybody. Well, for the rest of you, include it as, uh, take it as uh, preventive maintenance. But I know I'm preaching to somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The enemy's sitting here trying to work on me. Take my train of thought away from me. But that's all right. I might just squall and jump for five minutes till he turns loose and I won't preach. Hallelujah. There's more than one way to deal with the devil. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. God knows who you are. God knows where you are. Amen. And God is fed up of you being where you are. Amen. But there ain't nothing going to happen. Ain't nothing going to change until you get fed up with what's going on. Hallelujah. Someone says, well, are you going to tell us who it was? If God tells me to tell you who it is, I'll tell you. But he's going to have to tell me, but I just know you're in here. Hallelujah. And I know God. God don't, want, God don't want to do what he has to do. God don't want to do a lot of time. Judgment. God didn't want to do this. God didn't want. He told him what he wanted to do. When you keep my commandments. And then he told them what he was going to have to do. If they didn't. Preacher I just don't. Listen did, did you hear what he said. He said that the stranger. Hey man come on now. This stranger that I'm talking about. Being in the house. There may be some here that he's not quite in the house yet. He may be just up on the porch. Hallelujah. But he's checking the doors. He's seeing if they're unlocked. Amen. And oh my God. One of the worst things you can do as a Christian. To leave that door unlocked. Well preacher how do you do that? You don't pray when you know you need to. You're miserable. Tonight I'm telling you. God has showed me that you are miserable. But the sad part about it is, is you know how to change it. And you're not. You begin to let up on things. Come on now. 
I'm not, I'm not here to preach to you standards. That's, that's the pastor's work. But if God deals with me, I'll, meet, uh, I'll preach on standards. Uh, hey, man, you remember I talked about the other night being stuck in the middle? Uh, hey, man, well, this is, a, this is part of the same thing. You have stopped going forward, which means you're somewhere in the middle. Uh, and you're beginning to back up. Uh, and it's showing up on the outside more than you think it is. Hallelujah. Do you know what happens when you get in this shape? You see, when you got saved the first time, when, when, when you got saved and God came into your heart, there was a stranger in your heart. There was a stranger in your life. It was the devil. Yeah, he run things. What he said to do, you did. Amen. He ruled the throne. Hallelujah. But then God began to deal with you. Oh, hallelujah. God began to come around. Jesus Christ began to come around. Amen. And he come in and he, he dethroned the devil. Because you let the Lord in. Come on, you let the Lord in. You resisted evil. You, you attracted to the good and the, and, and the wisdom of God and, and what, we, what you needed to do. You got in. Amen. When God came by, amen, it was dealing with your heart. And you finally opened the door and let him come in. And he said, devil, it's time for you to get your stuff. It's time to hit the road. It's time for you to get out of here. That's what happened. But you know what the Bible says? If you leave that door unlocked, you know what the Bible says? It says he'll go around and he'll come back again. And he'll bring seven more worse than the first. And he'll come in again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is where we're at now. You've slowed down. You've practically stopped. I'm preaching to somebody. It's practically stopped. You're doing enough to get by with it. You're doing enough that. Come on now. That you're hoping not too many people notice what's going on. I wouldn't be surprised if that man right up there don't know exactly who I'm preaching to. Because it's showing up more than you think. You. Oh, but preacher, I'm in control. First sign. That's an attitude. I've got, I, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm going to do. No, you don't. You don't understand. When this stranger comes back in, you know who's going to be the head? He is. You know who the tail's going to be? You are. You know what you're going to do? Exactly what he tells you to do. Amen. Well, I ain't never anybody going to tell. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how smart you think you are. I don't think how, how much in control you believe you are. You're going to do what he says you're going to do.
me. Listen while I speak to you. You may turn my message off. You may not hear what is to be said. But you hear me now. You think you know, but you have no idea. You think that it's all going to pan out. That it'll all work in the end. But I tell you that it'll be nothing as you think it is. For I say, as bad, as bad as you can imagine, it is not entering your mind what it's going to be like. Hear me this night. Hear me. I call you to where you were. I call you to rise up. I call you, I call you to do the right thing. Say your prayers. Hallelujah. 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 What do you do? What are you going to do? You see, there's a stranger in the house. You see, it was the devil on your throne. Come on now. God kicked him out and he became ruler of your life. But you have let down to the stranger has come back again. And I'm speaking to somebody. Others, I feel like he could be on the porch. Okay? But I feel like there's at least one in here. He's already in the house. I feel in my heart that you have already openly said to somebody. I don't said what, preacher? Something along the lines is, I don't know if I can just keep going. I just don't know what I'm going to do. Listen to me, please. Please don't take it slightly. I'm nothing. I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a servant. I'm just a messenger. I am nothing. But what I'm preaching to you is the word of God tonight. He put it in there the way he put it in there for a reason. Because the stranger will come around. And you've left the door unlocked. Well, preacher, how do I do this? You ain't going to never do it. Telling yourself and trying to act like around everybody else that you're okay. That'll never work. But what? If, if everybody knew, they would, they would say that. If they say anything, they ain't got no more God than anybody else. Come on, are you hearing me? They ought to be willing to pray with you and seek God with you. They're not going to be hurt. They're not going to hold nothing against you. You know why? Because if they'll be truthful, the stranger's been by their house too. There's been a few times, Pastor, that I had to repent and say, God, I didn't realize how bad Get him back out of my house. 
There's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. You want to know where you're going to feel shame? Is if you don't get him out and you go to hell knowing better. You know better? You know better? You know what the Bible says? You know, you know when to say amen. You know when to turn your head when it's not quoted just right and it ain't exactly like it's been uh, that it is in the Word of God. You know that much. This may be just a typical Sunday night, something you do on Sunday nights for entertainment. But I'm not here to entertain nobody. And I didn't come for entertainment. Although I enjoy the wonderful singing and the worship. I come here to worship my God. My Lord. My King. My Savior. Why? Because I am determined. Bound and determined. Amen. That that stranger ain't going to get back in my house. I don't know how long you've been saved. It don't make no difference. There's been people that's been it's it's been saved for years, and all of a sudden they leave their wife or they leave their husband. You, you all know what I'm saying. Well, that's what they that's when they let the devil in. No, that's not when they let him in. He got in a long time before that. He got in a long time before that. Well, what did he do in the meantime before she left? Or before he left? You know what he did? Just what you're doing right now. You know, just like he did. Just like she did. That he's in the house. Oh, Ed was hard. Who's that in my house? But you ain't, you don't say nothing too loud. Except for maybe the comment that you made openly. Are you hearing me? Somebody heard it. These other people know it. But what are you going to do about it? Preacher, you're trying to be. I'm not trying to be mean. I've not got an ill, bad spirit about me. I said, God, I'll go if you send me. I'll say what you have me to say. But God, let people get help. We are living in that last day. I said the other night, God's still a shaking. Are you going to be the next one to come loose? Which way are you going to go? You don't know. You're going to go the way your head tells you to go. You ain't nothing but the tail right now. I preached a message one time. I'll use those scriptures. And I preached on the south end of a northbound fool. Hallelujah. God is pleading with you tonight to do what you know you need to do. Preacher, what do I need to do? What do I need to do? Repent. Do your first works. 
because you have lost your first love. That's the reason why you're so miserable. You, you long for that love. You long for that acceptance from God. You long to be, amen, a, a saint of God. Amen. And, 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 and to, to be able to uh, feel His presence and, and get in when they're singing and shouting. You long for that. Amen. And you look back at the world and you look at it and you say, I don't fit in there no more. I'm stuck right here. I'm miserable. When all God wants you to do is raise Repent and do your first works again. I wonder. Sometimes I say, Lord, in the midst of a message just like this right here, I say, God, why, why didn't you deal with a great man of God? Why didn't you deal with the pastor or, or John Dabbert or, or one of these great men of God to come down here and live for these people? Because I don't know how. You remember in the Bible, amen, Lazarus, come on. And you remember the rich man, hallelujah, he went to hell and he said, would you send Lazarus back? Amen. To speak to my family and my brothers. Hallelujah. Back at home so that they don't come here where I'm at. He said, if they won't hear Moses, Amen, and the prophets, they won't hear the one rose from the dead. I'm trying to tell you, Amen. This uh, God sent this. You believe it, you don't believe it. That's between you and God. Amen. But I'm telling you, God, deal with me. Amen. Today, Amen. About this message. Uh, to tell you that you better get it right or you might not be here this time next year. On the way out. On the way out. There ain't nobody in here wants a soul to leave. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. There's not a soul in here that has an ill will against you. I don't feel like there is. I feel like this is just where you've allowed the enemy to take you. You can't see clearly. God's dealing with you. You've looked at me. You've looked at me stern. I almost, I almost can put my hand on you. I almost can. I don't feel like it's God's will. But I know I'm preaching to you. You don't have to go home like you came. You don't have to go home miserable. Do you know this is where a lot of young people get sometimes. Even during COVID, they got when God was doing the shaking. Do you do you remember that the suicide rate among all, especially the teenagers, rose way high? Suicide. Why? They were miserable. They were miserable. 
You're miserable. You're miserable. And if something don't change from now in a few minutes, I, 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 don't, I don't even know if you're going to even pray about it. Pray, saints. Please pray. He was a, a young lady telling a little story here. A young lady. She was an older teenager, I reckon older. Since she was a teenager, I took it as being older. Two or three of them in the church together. They were on fire for God. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They had it in their heart that one day they wanted to do something for God. They were doing something for God, for being on fire. You can't be on fire and not do nothing for God. If you're on fire, it's impossible for you to cover that light. Somebody sees it. You're doing something for God when you're on fire. But this young lady began to seem like drift back. She had come to a stop and she was slowly drifting back. The pastor seen it months before. He'd been praying, he'd been reaching, he'd been trying. God dealt with him real hard one night. The two, they always sit together, the two sit on one side closer to the front. But by this time, the one had moved and she'd sitting on the back by herself. The preacher reached that night like he'd never reached before. Trying to reach this young lady. She sat there, she piddled. She had a pen, she was writing, she was doing. And she reached up in the front of the pew and she pulled out a hymnal. She opened up to a certain page. I don't remember which one it was. But she wrote down at the top of that as this preacher was trying to reach for her and tell her what was going to happen if she didn't get it right. And, 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 and God was dealing with her because she was very limited on time. And she picked that book up and she wrote at the top of the page. She said, it will never be me. Service closed. She never prayed. She went out the door. Before the next service, the pastor got a call. This young lady was in intensive care at the hospital. The doctors was just dumbfounded. They didn't know what to do. They didn't know what was wrong with her. But that she was dying. Pastor went and prayed for her. And was praying with her. And Her friends came. Her two friends. And they began to talk to her about God. And began to weep and cry and beg her. To make it right. You know how to do it. You got saved before. But somehow the devil puts a shame there. You understand? It's almost like it's a shame. He wants to shame. If he can shame you to keep you out of heaven, he will. If you try to live right, there's going to people run you down, talk about you. 
Just because you're living right, you don't have to do anything. It don't matter what you've done. It's, it's, it, they'll make it wrong, and they'll talk about you. That's what's wrong with a lot of social media. Amen. But this young lady was shaking her head, telling them, I can't, I can't, I can't. And they kept on her. And finally she said, I can't. She was crying. And they said, why can't you? She said, go to the back. You know where I sit. Pick up the sofa. Go to such and such page. Look what I wrote. That's why I can't. I probably heard this story. It's, it's, it's true. Them two young ladies, after she died, remembered what she said. And they went and they got that book. And at the top of the page, they opened it up. And it said, It will never be me. They wrote the song, It'll Never Be Me. I know you've probably heard it. They sang it at her funeral. God was reaching. It wasn't God's will. It wasn't God's will that caused them to go to hell. It wasn't God's will that they didn't repent and pray. You're here tonight. You know I'm preaching to you. You know who I'm talking about. God sent this for you. God don't want you to go back out there. God wants you in His house. Let me tell you something. When you look down into your soul, God has become a stranger in his own house. Are you understanding what I'm saying? God or the devil, one of them is going to be accepted, the other ain't. There's a stranger. In the house. And somebody's. Leaving. Can you stand with me please. All over the house. Sister Brock. Would you come to the piano please. Preacher. What, what, what am I going to do. What? You know what to do. You know what the problem is. You know how to put him out of your house. In reality, if it was somebody in your physical house, you know exactly what to do. Pick up that phone, dial 911. Tell them, come get this stranger out of my house. But you won't even talk to God about it. You won't even take the time to talk to God about it. You're going to sit there and try to keep it covered. Thinking nobody knows. They know. God knows. 
What are you going to do with this message? I put it in your hands. I have poured my heart out. I've preached what God sent me here with. I don't think I could have got here any faster. My wife and daughter come out a little late. Say, we're sorry. We're going to be late. I said, we'll, we'll try to make it. I apologize for breaking the law. Because I did run a little fast. Made it here two minutes early. You still got time. That's what I'm trying to say. You still got time. You've been running for a long time now. It's been a while. You just sort of push God aside. You can't run this without God. You can't run this race without God. You can't make it without God. Would you please come to this altar? Would you please? Would you please? Would you please? I know who you are. I made eye contact with you. I know who you are. God knows who you are. Don't turn away. It's not okay. You're not being okay. You've not been okay for a long time. But God's given you an opportunity tonight. I'm fixing to ask the whole church to come forward if they will. Would you just fall in line? Would you do that? I don't have to hear your prayer. Hey, nobody else got to hear your prayer. But for God's sake, let God hear you. Here, like you know it needs to be done. On these altars, not in the pew, not in the pew, in these altars. Showing God that you're sincere. That you're sick and tired of where you are and you want to do something about it. You're tired of being miserable. You want to get back in the race. Would you come? Come on church. Come on right now. Come on. Come on. Would you come please? Hallelujah. That's right. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. Talk to God about it. Touch the hearts of your people. Move on your people, God. Hallelujah. Afraid to let you in. Scared that if you see just how broken I am, you may give up on me. If I'm not enough, if I'm just too weak, can love be the change, the change that I need, falling on my knees, and empty me out, tear me apart, to all my broken pieces. I surrender to your heart 
take all that I have, all that I like. Let my life be the clay, molded in your hands. Oh, take all of me. Oh, take all of me. Move past my pride, destroy all my idols, come and break the chains, free me from the stronghold, cause I can't do this alone, Lord I need your mercy, I want to live for you, consecrate me, and Tear me apart to all my broken pieces. I surrender to your heart. Take all that I have, all that I like. Let my life be the clay molded in your hands. Oh, take all of me. Oh, take all of me. Move past my pride. Destroy all my idols. Come and break chains free me from the stronghold because i can't do this alone lord i need your mercy i want to live for you consecrate me and empty me out tear me apart to all my broken pieces I surrender to your heart. Take all that I have, all that I like. Let my life be the clay molded in your hands. Oh, take all of me. I am not my own, and I don't want to be. My life I surrender. Jesus, use me and empty me out. Tear me apart to all my broken pieces. I surrender to your heart. Take all that I all that I like, let my life be the clay, molded in your hands, oh take all of me, oh take all of me.
afraid to let you in Scared that if you see Just how broken I am You may give up on me If I'm not enough Tear me apart till all my broken pieces are surrendered to your heart. Take all that I have, all that I lack. Let my life be the clay molded in your hands. Oh, take all of me. Move past my pride, destroy all my idols. Come and break the chains, free me from the strongholds. Cause I can't do this alone. Lord, I need your mercy. I want to live for you. Consecrate me and empty me out. Tear me apart till all my broken pieces are surrendered to your heart. Take all that I have, all that I lack. Let my life be the clay molded in your hands. Oh, take all of me. Oh, take all.